over there, buddy? Mm-hmm. Are you dead? It's been a while since I've uh, hit? hit a vape like that. Maxo Not... drives like an F1 driver. Okay. All he right. Tries to anyways. He takes corners way too fast. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because he's bad at driving or because. <laughs> well, his car is kind of uh, scary. Uh, terrifying. Yeah. And it's a 96 Buick Century. Ooh. We were turning right onto 55 there, Highway 55, <laughs> and taking the turn way too fast. All of a sudden, you hear the old snap plus terrible noises from underneath the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, though. I knew what it was right away. Max was shitting his little pantalones a little bit. I said, pull over. Since the exhaust system fell out. Mm. So. And it was sitting there. I guess there's two, like, rubber grommets or foam grommets. Yeah. That is, like... And one of them was ripped completely off. And the other... Like, the muffler was being held on only by that. Like, a piece <laughs> of metal and a grommet. And the rest of it was just hanging there. <laughs> Wait, did this just happen? Yesterday. Yesterday. This is yesterday. Okay. So I was sitting on the side of the road of 55 with an asp that Max has, like a extendable baton for beating people with, right? Okay, all right. And I was just trying to snap that metal off, and there was just, <laughs> I just couldn't do anything, couldn't do anything. Finally, I grabbed a couple towels out of his back seat and, like, protected my thumb and then just pushed the rusty wire through the foam grommet because, of course, he didn't have a knife on him either. Yeah, yeah. So then it was like I dragged it out from under there. Max, like, oh, we could just put it in the trunk. It's like, no, oh no, the whole thing fell off from the engine block. Like, so he's running like cat back, all the way up. Ooh, right so, off the header. Oh yeah, right off Ooh, the header. Okay. So I fucking dragged it out from under the car, and I was like, okay, pretended to put it in the trunk as people were driving by, mm. and then as soon as it was free and clear, I just rolled it down the goddamn ditch, <laughs> and then we took off for Chase's house. <laughs> <laughs> God, that thing has to be so fucking loud. It's the loudest yeah, thing on the yeah, planet. Yeah. And I was trying to fool both of us, like, keep Max calm and me calm, be like, nah, it's only because the hole's right underneath us, mm -hmm. right under the cab. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason we can hear so much. It's no big deal. So I called Chase on the slide and said, all right, Chase, let me know. We're about three blocks away from your house. Mm. Let me know when you can hear us. Mm. He's like, I can already hear you. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Dude, that is so fucking loud when, uh... Well, I think that's all hearable anyway for okay. the most part. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I was going to say is uh, um, I've rode in cars where it's, like, cut off right at that point, and it's so fucking droney, and I don't know if it was, like, shaking the car, too. Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Like, the seatbelt yeah. holders were, like... <laughs> like the whole time so not only is your head being ripped apart mm, by the loudest mm. exhaust noise of all but then it's also shaking your teeth Mo, well, now he can get that magna flow he's been wanting Ooh. i think got that custom glass pack and all of that he left for a bit today uh, and honestly like he didn't tell me where he's going he just i heard the door shut i was like oh, mm. yes max is going i was like i bet he's gonna come back with a new car but he didn't. I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I saw it sitting outside of your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he at least go to like a muffler shop or something? I think it's only like 100 or 200 bucks to get that fixed usually. Yeah, it's, it can't be too bad. No. But no. I, don't think, I don't think that's in the cards. I think he's going to go to Walls or Subaru and get himself a nice new vehicle. He's going to get a Subaru? Ooh. I don't know what he's going to get. What if he gets like a fucking like Hellcat or something? That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Could you see him driving that? He's like new eyes, new Hellcat, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Max would be driving. Well, he's always talking about like those 2000s like Buick Regals mm -hmm. and like the uh, I don't even know what you'd call them. A classy car, kind of, maybe. Like a, a town bit. car kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, that's one of the things he was looking at at Chase's last night was a uh, 20. 2008 Buick LaCrosse. So okay. that fits exactly right in. I yeah, mean, that, that's exactly what I would expect Max yeah. to drive. It's not a bad car. No. I think my grandma drove one of them. Yeah. They're they like last. the rounder ones, right? Mm, the rounder yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're smooth riding. Mm, and they got AC. Yeah. <laughs> that's a helpful addition. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me is Cody. How are you, Cody? I'm doing great. Feels like we haven't been here in forever. We haven't. We missed <laughs> another Between the Bumbles, and yeah. we uh, real life is a real 
dick. I know. Yep. I know it. At least we keep the main show going. Mm-hmm. So that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was uh, I was in L.A. Obviously, so I uh, love L.A. You know that we- song? <laughs> Is it uh, Tupac? Yeah, you ever heard that Tupac song? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, actually, I want to talk about the Scientology Museum, but we'll Ooh. do we'll save that for between the bumbles okay. because oh. that's like a bigger thing, and it's. Really fun. Tune in Wednesday. <laughs> First ever propaganda museum, so it was pretty fun. Wow. I don't. I, I haven't. I don't think I've ever been to a propaganda museum before. So that that that's your first one. Yeah. Wow. Have you been to one? No. Did they <laughs> offer you like uh, reading? Um. No. 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 I could feel they wanted us to stay there, but we'll get into it. It was. I right, was creeped perfect. out. I felt. Right. I felt creepy. Yeah. It's uh, gross. Yeah. Like <laughs> even when Chase screamed at him at the mall one time, it was like. <laughs> I was still just like, ugh, those people are just slimy. Like, oh, we had yeah. the upper hand, but I still feel bad about it. <laughs> uh, also sitting across from me is Jordan. How are you? Good. How was your week? Long. Arduous? Uh, a bit arduous. Did you get mortar in your eyes? Deciferous? I got I got some flux of uh, mortar in my eyes. I don't know. I'm just very tired. Don't uh, you usually get flex of mortar? That's like cost of doing business? Yeah. All right. You're tired? You've had yeah. all day to sleep. No, we had to. Today was a ma- <clears throat> mandatory, mandatory Saturday. Saturday I got gotcha. Because we are so behind on everything. The rock men are behind, huh? Oh my god, it's insane. So we can expect a very peppy Jordan this episode. Oh yeah, totally peppy. <laughs> He'll be right in there. That's why <laughs> I have. I do have some. Caffeine in front of me, so oh, yeah, you're not even drinking. What's going on over there? Oh no, I'm doing this before I drink. Don't you did worry. You, wait, did you just wake up before you came over here? No. Okay. I've been up since like five forty-five this morning. God damn. All right. Well, I mean, you're making money. You're making doing. Money. You're doing your thing. You're. You got a little Doctor Brinkley in you. I can see. I mean, oh. <laughs> I do have a wedding coming up. So. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Uh, have you decided what you're gonna serve? Uh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, we've, we've discussed this. Yeah, it's going to be food trucks, son. Right, right. Right. We talked about it on here. All right, Cody, why don't you fucking take us to part three? Everyone's been waiting for it, myself included. And, uh, yeah, we're... I hope everybody remembers we kind of just, uh... Actually, I don't even remember what episode two was, but I'm pretty sure you've listened to it, and you'll pick it up as we go along. <laughs> You're on vacation. I don't blame you. Yeah, my mind's fucking fried. Anyway, so picking up right where we left off on part two, the medical question box. Right. What exactly is this thing? What exactly is the purpose? Well, it was actually fairly simple. Brinkley was tired of having to answer questions in person, so with a medical question box, he would simply allow people to write into him, and he would read said letter, diagnose each case, and suggest a treatment all over the radio. Fucking genius. (laughs) With the launch of the medical question box in 1928, his secretary, Ruth Athey, and eight assistants would read through all of the letters and select 75 of each of them. Jesus. And those 75 would be screened by Brinkley himself mm-hmm. and all the others tossed in the garbage. The idea was actually fairly genius in theory. Brinkley believed that he could mass diagnose people sharing similar symptoms and recommend drugs for them to take. Just like... WebMD today. Basically, Damn right. right. I, I wonder if like people heard this like, oh, shit, I have stage five cancer. I'm dead. Absolutely. So not only did this guy invent radio advertising, he invented WebMD. Yeah. I, get, I was thinking about this. Do you think this is scary or do you think WebMD is scary? I refuse to go on WebMD. Yeah, that's... I I'm mean, not going on Every there. sniffle is cancer. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is before anybody even had that idea yeah like the all the super terminal disease well i guess you die no. from about everything yeah and they this is like the perfect scare tactic like this is fantastic for mm. him he believed this was the way of the future and other doctors would follow suit or as he said the future was not operating with the old-fashioned scalpel but with the radio knife one which does not burn or cut. <laughs> I want to be cut open by a radio knife. <laughs> Let's hear a few examples of the medical question box working its magic. 
A woman writes to Brinkley about her six-year-old daughter who is complaining of cramps. After reading the letter on the air, Brinkley says, I think she is wormy. <laughs> Ask for prescription 94 for worms. In regard to yourself, you had your appendix taken out. You're going to get into a little trouble later on. My advice is number 61 and stay on it for about 10 years. <laughs> a 10-year prescription, huh? I think she's wormy. Is that a, can you go to the doctor and be like, I think you're a wormy. God. You're a wormy. You know what? I'm going to try it the next time I go. <laughs> Did he forget so, he's not a vet? Maybe <laughs> yeah. just recommended the collars to put on her. <laughs> go down and get that flea collar for your daughter. Get the front on. line plus. Yes. Oh. <laughs> or this letter from a person from Dresden, Kansas. Probably he has gallstones. No, I don't mean that. I mean kidney stones. My advice to you is to put him on prescription number 80 and 50 for me. Also 64. Jeez. I think that he will be a whole lot better. Also, drink a lot of water. I mean, there is one good piece of advice yeah. in there. What, water? No, prescription 50. Mm, yeah, that's the, that that's is the good. cure. That is good. This is where the money was. In drug sales, mm. Brinkley had managed to rope together 500 Midwestern drugstores into the Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association. Brilliant. He then ensured that the president was a Topeka druggist who just so happened to be the brother-in-law of the state attorney general. This dude is, like he's, Adam just said, he's a fucking genius. He's, he's good, dude. He's all over like, the place. He covers all his bases yes. with every scheme as I, well. Yes. I can't even be mad at him. No. <laughs> oh, you will by the end of this episode, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> he would then relabel all of the drugs and gave them numbers. This way, it adds a bit of a mystique to the prescription and sure. also conceals what ingredients are in it. Perfect. Just give him the old number 50. <laughs> yes. They obviously made sure to charge an absurd amount for said medication. With each jar sold, Brinkley would get $1 kickback, which was about six times the normal amount of a retail sale. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> On rare occasions, when reading a letter, he would not prescribe any medication, but it didn't matter. Because when others were reading about the symptoms, it would slowly creep into their heads that they were suffering from whatever illnesses were being diagnosed on the air. <laughs> he could diagnose anything from pinworms to lumb lumbago, from heart disease to clammy hands. Nothing was too big for the medical question box. Uh, especially okay. when you could screen every single letter. First off, what the fuck is lumbago? I don't know. Probably some type of lung ailment. It's a back like, thing. Is it? Mm. What is clammy hands? <laughs> it's what you have. Yeah. I don't have clammy hands. It's called Feel our my life. Hands. They're dry as fuck. Oh, right? yeah. Apparently, Brinkley, in some cases, would even instruct the pharmacist with what he wanted in said drugs. That's the way it should be. Take, for example, prescription number seven. He advised his pharmacist that it... Is an old time-honored itch recipe. <laughs> Equal parts of gunpowder, sulfur, and hog lard, or any Vaseline or greasy base. The secret of its results is in its application. Instruct the patient to go on home, take a hot bath and dry thoroughly, grease themselves from head to foot with this, put on a union suit, stockings, and a soft cloth gloves, and go to bed. Grease for the second and third nights without bathing, wearing the same underclothing, and sleeping in the same bed. On the fourth day, take a good hot bath, boil the bedding and clothing worn, and if you have been careful, the itch is gone. I feel like four days is way too long to be having an itch. I think your itch is going to go away by then <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> you're, just getting a, you're just a greasy, dirty boy. <laughs> For some reason, they broke out with acne over my entire body. For some reason, <laughs> no, not it's not just that one spot that it that's itchy. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, if you're rubbing your entire body with fucking hog lard, yeah, oh, yeah. Your every clog, every pore is just clogged to death. <laughs> now, this is going to come as a complete shock from what we know about Brinkley, but all sales were not final. Ooh. He said. I always make a refund on any prescription where the patient is not 100% pleased and charge me up with the refund. 
I want 100% satisfaction. Wow. Where plenty of quacks would just have went for the quick buck, Brinkley saw the long-term con. For every whiner, there were plenty of others who would come in and be plenty happy. Absolutely. That's an acceptable loss right there. Mm. Do you think that's why they do this now for refunds? 100%. Like they'll just like take in the whiners, but everybody will be like, ooh, they really care about me. It completely <laughs> makes sense. Yes. It didn't take the Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association to report sales jumps as high as $75 a day. The trade magazine Midwestern Druggist wrote this. The results that Brinkley had been able to produce have been phenomenal. More like a fairy tale than a real happening in modern business. <laughs> I wish Midwestern Druggist was still around. <laughs> I would get a subscription. And Let's bring it back. <laughs> Let's revitalize the brand. <laughs> Midwestern Druggist. <laughs> Even the most ethically minded pharmacist would find it hard to turn down that much money. Hell yes. But diagnosing symptoms over the radio wasn't as glamorous as it may seem. Take, for example, this story from Dr. H.W. Gilly of Ottawa, Kansas. He was brought to the bedside of a mailman on the edge of death. Dr. Gilly said, I found the patient profoundly collapsed, his countenance ghastly, <laughs> icy cold. Pulseless and apparently dying from great shock. Upon my question as to what had happened, he whispered, I took some of Brinkley's pills. <laughs> the doctor then examined the bottle. It was Brinkley's number 50. Oh, the classic. Yeah, mm. liver medication mm. priced at $3.50, <clears throat> which tests later proved was actually worth about 75 cents. Yeah, well, that's just prescription <laughs> drugs, right? Yeah. True, true. Gilly found the effect of number 50 to have been... So drastic upon the patient as to produce enormous cholera-like grippings Ugh. and actions and vomiting, causing a tear open of an old ulcer and violent hemorrhage. The vomiting and intense pain continuing, x-ray pictures were taken, showing the pyloric orifice about one and a half inches to be nearly closed, and it will soon be imperative to make a new opening by attaching the bowel to the lower margin of the stomach. Oof. That is, uh, that's graphic. Get Whoa. in prescription 57. <laughs> I'm getting horny. Are you? You're getting horny by a choking cholera-like symptoms. I'm getting a little horny off his half-inch bowels here. <laughs> Another surgeon named Dawson spoke for thousands of other surgeons who didn't like what Brinkley was doing. He wrote this letter in a local newspaper. It is not in the hope of increasing our business or of putting down a competitor that we are trying to strangle Brinkley. <laughs> but it is because Brinkley is an active menace to the health of the population <laughs> of the territory wherever his activities extend. He has without doubt done untold harm and very little good. <laughs> Yesterday I heard him advising a patient who had written in that he had a pain in his stomach at times without relation to eating or the kind of foods taken. His advice was to take milk and eggs for three <laughs> weeks, and if pain left him, then this was a positive diagnosis of gastric or duodenal ulcer. <laughs> and no matter where he went, he could not get a more accurate diagnosis at the best hospital or clinic in the United States. Hey, at least he's confident in his diagnosis. <laughs> Is he just hoping that they'll die in three weeks so that he can't be? I think he's just throwing darts at the dartboard. Like, <laughs> just, just drink some milk. Yeah, milk. Eggs. On it. <laughs> yes. And so the surgeon's letters continue on, but you get the idea. Then our boy Morris, Morris Fishbin Welcome back. received a letter from J.A. Gavin of American Company. Ironically, Brinkley was actually helping their company, it read. Dear Dr. Fishbean, we have been recently startled by the unexplainable demand on the part of our customers for sodium borate CP powder. <laughs> From our representatives, we have learned that Dr. Brinkley of Milford, Kansas, has broadcast recommendations for the use of Merck's sodium borate CP in obesity, and we have been literally swamped with orders, not only from the trade, but also from the lady. We have taken action by notifying our customers, as well as our sales staffs and such retail druggists as have inquired as have inquired of us regarding the product, strongly discouraging the use and sale of this material for the above-mentioned purpose, as we are cognizant of the dangers involved in the interim administration of sodium borate. So, sodium borate, or borax, <laughs> is found yeah. 
is an ingredient found in all-purpose cleaners, yeah. toilet bowl cleaners, Ooh. laundry detergent, including some labeled as natural, laundry <laughs> stain removers, air fresheners, dish detergents, glass cleaners, diaper creams, pesticides to kill ants, <laughs> and herbicides as well as some slimy, pliable toys like Play-Doh, Gak, or Silly Putty. Oh, so like it's it's good for obesity too. Yeah, apparently. Well, yeah, because yeah, you'll be die dead yeah. and you'll be slowly I mean, whittling away. It, it's a good cure, death. <laughs> Your stomach's gonna smell great. <laughs> yes. It's not gonna have any stains on it, and it'll be so, diaper rash free. So if we and just, fun to play with after mm-hmm, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So if we just put like some Ajax on, say like spaghetti or something. Yeah, pretend it's slowly. Oh my god, it's the hottest weight loss trend. <laughs> Take your Ajax and put it in your spaghetti, boys. <laughs> Ajax Parmesan. I was going to say, it looks like Parmesan. We're good. (laughs) Obviously, Fishman did not like this idea in the least bit and passed the letter on to his bosses at the AMA, and they gave him this reply. There is nothing the medical profession can do except to warn the public against the thing. Brinkley is getting to be a perfectly impossible problem. (laughs) His broadcasting is putrid. (laughs) Strong words there, sir. Whatever we believe about the medical question box, it is averaging about $14,000 a week in 1928. Fucking what? He is killing it. That's Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) The ironic part was that with Brinkley's medical question box success, it blew open the door for corporate America to unleash hell onto the advertising world. Every can, bottle, or box that was advertised on the radio had its own theme song, yeah. such as the Sunkiss Musical Cocktail Program <laughs> or Livy's Pineapple Pic- Picador. Ooh. Those both sound delicious and erotic. <laughs> Listerine even had a catchy new saying, Send those youngsters of yours into the bathroom for a good night gargle. <laughs> kind of dirty. It's hot. I'm going to give Adam a good night gargle. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, if we remember, the AMA was still banning advertising from its members, but doctors were feeling the heat from their empty waiting rooms. Why would you waste time drudging to the doctor when you could be diagnosed and prescribed medication over the radio? I'm saying it for Makes years. Makes sense. Now, with the other doctors feeling left in the dust, Morris Fishman decided perhaps this would be the perfect opportunity to strike. He could finally attack Brinkley for using advertising. With the backing of several other outraged surgeons behind him, Morris vowed to... To bring every resource to bear. The AMA, the Federal (laughs) Trade Commission, the Better Business Bureau, whatever it takes. Listen, man, you don't fuck with the Triple B. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They're the worst, by the way. Are they? Yes. All they are is bullies, basically. They're not accountable to anything. What if you have a really good business? Are they still going to pester you? If you don't pay to get their little license thing. <laughs> that's what it is. You're basically paying to get their certificate that says you're a member. Do, okay. The, do they, are they involved with like, uh, what is it at the restaurant? The health inspector? No. No, that's different? No, yeah. So you just want the little torchy thing that says triple B. Yeah, that's the triple right. B is just about like customer complaints and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. They're they're a consumer watchdog group, but they mm. suck. <laughs> So they can they come after their so f- the Bumblebee podcast gets uh, BBB whatever confirmed. Or- we should see if we can get BBB we, accreditation. Wait, do we have to be an LLC? I mean, that wouldn't take very long. I think no. we just have to file a piece of paperwork. <laughs> we can go to LegalZoom.com. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> also, LegalZoom, you owe us like twenty bucks. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Seriously, we'll settle for five. Fishman first started by traveling to several states that Brinkley was allowed to practice medicine and and after a bit of arm twisting was able to get his permits pulled. What a dick. He even managed to get the London Medical Board to pull his right to practice in the United Kingdom. This outraged Brinkley and he (laughs) hit the airwaves to let the audience know. He said Fishy fish bin smoking all the guts. These MDs are stinking thieving lying bunch. (laughs) I'll grind the heads off under my heel like I would a snake. (laughs) He's getting angry. Now, Brinkley actually received a little backup from someone who would normally be considered an enemy. That man's name was Norman Baker, Mm. a long-jawed fire eater from Iowa. Oh, (laughs) it's your people. (laughs) Representation. (laughs) 
Baker had tasted fame already because he was a stage magician in Launderville who worked alongside Madame Tangley, who reads <laughs> minds while levitating in the air, and an electric man he zapped nightly with enough electricity to melt iron bars while held in ice water. <laughs> the guy's got a good life, I bet. <laughs> now, Baker had founded his own radio station in Muscatine, Iowa, called KTNT, standing for Know the Naked Truth. Yeah. He was doing the exact same racket that Berkeley was <laughs> with the uproar of the medical question box surging the nation in 1929. Baker joined in on making fun of the AMA over the airwaves. Hell yeah. If you are wondering what some of Baker's remedies were, they included curing appendicitis with onions. Uh-huh. He- he created a paste huh. used to remove leg knots from horses. All right. <laughs> and then finally created a new drinkable treatment for cancer. Right. That's called cyanide. <laughs> we did it. It kills you. We did it. Which, of course, was sec- was a secret, but Baker would open a cancer-curing refreshment stand inside his new hospital in Muscatine, which was from a converted roller rink. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, man, that's better than... Demolishing and rebuilding. <laughs> After your cancer gets cured, get on out there and boogie. It's couples time at Can the you, hospital. It'd be I'd feel comfortable at a hospital if like just roller skate girls were just sure. coming in and check taking your blood and stuff. It's a perfect nurse, is <laughs> yeah. what that is. <laughs> this guy's a fucking clown. In the start of nineteen thirty, Radio Digest announced that Brinkley's KFKB was the most popular station in the United States. In Iowa. No, 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 no. No, this no. is Brinkley this and is Kansas. Brinkley's. Oh, Brinkley, our boy, our boy. Yeah, Brinkley's. We're back in there. Having received more than twice as many votes as second place and 35 times as many votes as third place, which was his local rival, WDAF, owned by the Kansas City Star. Mm. Either way, not too long into the phenomena of the medical question box, Fishbin had managed to get Brinkley to have to face the Federal Radio Commission in court. Brinkley was in trouble, and he knew it. So he reached out to his followers with a letter that read, My dear radio friend, (laughs) thousands of letters and affidavits have arrived pledging me your support in the present hour of trial. I appreciate your loyalty more than you will ever know. Now don't sit back and think your job is done. Hmm? Appoint yourself a committee of one to see the listeners of KFKB have them wire or write the Federal Radio Commission at Washington, D.C. and tell the truth about me and my policies. Have your friends to see their friends and have letters written and wires sent. After our honor has been vindicated, may the God of peace continue to water over and keep up. What is the God of peace? I've never heard of that before. Uh, It's probably just God, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The the fucking, this is the original begging for iTunes reviews right here. (laughs) Is that what he's doing right here? Yes. Okay. Well, did he, he started that too, apparently. He's following the podcast, like format 100%. (laughs) Now, Brinkley found out something else that little fishy fishbin had been up to as well. And that was to get his Kansas medical license pulled. Brinkley was furious and ran several full-page newspaper ads that read, I defy the American <laughs> Medical Association. <laughs> Brinkley was going to have a battle on his hands. Oh, yeah. Now, Fishbin was also trying to shut down Norman Baker's radio station. It was said after Fishbin publicly called Baker a ghoul... Baker had made sure to arm his entire staff with guns. Oh, hell yeah. And would constantly spout that the AMA was after him. Well, because they are. (laughs) Then, one day, he received a call that said, Mr. Baker had better not come down. There are three tough-looking guys parked across the street in an old Buick. Oh, it's Max. He's making a lot of noise. He's got a loud-ass exhaust going on. Baker and three other men headed downstairs and spotted three men attempting to hide behind the hedges. They immediately started opening fire and shooting blindly until they heard screams of pain. 
then stopped firing and took notice of two of the three men dragging their friend that had been shot. The following day, a huge newspaper headline read, Gunfight climaxes fight with Dr. Fishman. (laughs) Baker believed they were assassins sent by the AMA, but nobody really ever knows who exactly these men are. They were later able to prove that Fishman couldn't have been anywhere near Baker's hospital because he was receiving an operation for hemorrhoids in Chicago. The classic excuse. R.I.P. Hemorrhoids saved the day again. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, he's a little Melvin that works for the AMA. He's not going to be shooting at a radio station. I think he has seriously like the old-timey, like really long, um, like goatee. Oh, I think he's rocking that. I trust him then. Now, back with Brinkley, the thought of having his Kansas medical license revoked was seriously starting to gain gain steam and fast. Then finally, on April 29th, 1930, the Kansas State Medical Board, backed by the AMA, filed formal charges against the doctor for gross immorality and unprofessional conduct. Now, his radio station rival, WDAF, owned by the Kansas City Star, took this irresistible story and did their own digging in an attempt to find former patients of Brinkley's. One reporter said, I have gone into the homes and found (laughs) men bedridden, ruined by the bungling butchery of this man Brinkley. (laughs) I have found women crippled for life, crouching in wheelchairs. I have found men who went to Brinkley, and now they are like Lazarus who lay at the gate, covered in sores. Oof. There was another story of Mrs. Cora Maddox, who, when she was 15 years old, was being held prisoner to Brinkley for payment for an appendicitis surgery. (laughs) She said, I lay at the point of death while Brinkley drunk straddled the doorway with a revolver (laughs) in his hand and threatened to shoot my two brothers if they did not pay him. (laughs) Fucking hell. Can you imagine if that's what doctors did now? Uh, Send your doorway with a gun if you don't pay him? I'd respect him. (laughs) I mean, they would be sending full-on hit teams to my house by now. (laughs) (laughs) After these stories ran, Brinkley responded by saying, I will not accept any patient who cannot be cured or who may die (laughs) under treatment. No patient of mine has ever died here. If we should have a man die here, the doctors who are fighting me would publish it all over the country, so I must be careful. All the doctors may kill him off, but I daren't. How, how noble of you, sir. <laughs> he's, he's so trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> Brinkley had another little deep secret that people weren't aware of. For years... He had a micropenis. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. I don't know. <laughs> he claims he never had goat balls, though. That's very important. He's oh. never had, he never did surgery on himself. Okay. <laughs> For years... He had been sending his own little goon squad of Pinkerton detectives. Ooh, is that like a code name for his dick and balls? His <laughs> little goon squad? I guess. <laughs> Who he claimed were his security guards, and he would send them to the homes of dissatisfied patients. They never heard anyone, but apparently they never needed to. One of his goons, Howard Hale Wilson, described himself as... A male secretary and fixer with hands like hams. <laughs> if anybody ever gets in the way of my boss, I'll fix them like this. <laughs> I don't know why that hands like hams just remind me of you. <laughs> <for some reason. laughs> it's going to hit you with those Christmas hams. <laughs> now, Brinkley was keeping busy with his upcoming battles. Firstly, he hired men to dig up dirt against the members of the Kansas Medical Board. He filed a suit suing Fishbin for her defamation of character and even made a last-ditch effort to have Baker team up with him, which Baker ignored, and instead, on May 12, 1930, Baker hosted a thrilling festival in Iowa with more than 30,000 true believers. What's a thrilling festival in Iowa? Oh, let me tell you. Oh, tell me. Celebrating that he had conquered cancer. The great conqueror. He's conquered the worst <laughs> disease of all time. That's why the government's trying to shut him down. Mm, no money in a the cure. cure. They don't want the cure again now. Uh-uh. <laughs> the grand finale of the festival was when 68-year-old Mandis Johnson took the stage and then sat on a chair. Woo! That sounds pretty exciting <laughs> for Iowa <laughs> what standards. A, what a fucking <laughs> thrilling ride. <laughs> 
Baker's staff surgeon then slowly removed the bandage covering his head and peeled back part of his scalp. <laughs> what? Then part of his skull exposing the cancerous brain matter. Mm-hmm. The surgeon then salted his brain <laughs> with a special powder created by Baker and replaced the scalp. The man then stood up and shook hands with everybody, and the crowd erupted and started cheering. <laughs> Put a little fucking lime salt on there, and you're fucking good to go. What the fuck did I just hear? His head's a margarita glass They now. They seasoned his brain. Yeah, he's good to go. He's got some Canadian steaks. How is he awake when they do that? I don't know. I mean, you have to be awake for brain surgery. Yeah, he, he like... They basically made it sound, maybe he was doped up, I don't know, but his shit must have already... They peeled his head back. It must have already been cut open. Yeah, I think they pre-did all that stuff. Yeah, and then they just kind of, (laughs) like, moved it like a... Yeah, but they still rolled it back like a tuna can. Yeah, they did do that. (laughs) Yes. And they took off a little piece of his skull, too, yeah. (laughs) They just dusted his brain with (laughs) a little pop. It doesn't say if he died afterwards, but it said some people in the crowd... He did. It said some people in the crowd were, like, puking and shit after (laughs) seeing this a lot After of pe- seeing a man's brain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we get, get seasoned here. Yeah. <laughs> With some Lowry's. I'll do that for you, Jordan, if anything ever happens. Oh, thank you, Cody. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually feeling kind of sick to my stomach Dude, thinking I, about that. I think it's... Is it Saw 3 where they caught, cut his fucking mm-hmm. skull? Oh, mm-hmm. that part just... Is- I still remember disgusting. that, like, because they use, like, a fucking drill, like a circular yeah. drill. Yeah, with a hole saw. Yeah. Oh, it's Machi, bad. machi. It's and you can much. hear it, like, rattling off the skull, too. I don't oh. like that, too well, much. Well, and then he's, like, shaking his head, like, <sighs> Not good. for me. He Not didn't get me. up and shake hands with everyone and <laughs> had a cheery. He didn't, God, he didn't don't have even want to think about that. <laughs> you don't have the Lowry's, you're not shaking hands. No, no. What if at the end of the story is like, and that's how Lowry seasoning salt was created. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. I'd Baker. I'd still use it. Back with Brinkley, it was finally time for him to head to Washington, D.C. to defend himself in court as they were trying to pull his license to run a radio station. Whoa! At first, he offered to pay for all of the people in his corner to join him on the train ride. Until he saw how much it was going to cost and then backtracked on his offer. But still, 35 of his most dedicated followers still joined him. Hey, can we make a pact right now? What? If anyone ever tries to pull our uh, podcast license, (laughs) we'll load up a train with 35 of our most loyal fans. Damn right. I think, uh, what is the train around here now? What's it called? What's What's the big company called? Amtrak? Amtrak, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do you think tickets for Amtrak is? I don't know why train is so prohibitively expensive compared mm. yeah, to no. airplanes. Yeah, I looked it up for like a week or two week long trip just to ride like through the PNW and whatnot. And I was like, why is this $4,000? $4,000? It's unbelievable. And that, that was like sharing a car with someone to sleep in. Like a complete Jesus. stranger. I was like, this is fucking dumb. Ugh. Well, okay, I guess we'll just keep riding planes then. Yeah. I'll, I'll gladly jam myself right next no. to anyone that it's is only It's only enough. a few hours of being uncomfortable, so... Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Everything yes. sucks. I just get drunk before. <laughs> That's probably smart. <laughs> I might start Z-quilling it up. There you go. Yeah. Now, most of these followers would take the stand in his defense as well as several members of his radio staff. One such testimony came from a kindergarten teacher who explained how the medical question box worked. She said, You just listen over the radio to what other ladies write about their (laughs) symptoms, and you'd be awful dumb if you didn't know what was the matter with you. (laughs) She told the story of up until she found compound number 150, she had been a prisoner to constipation and now had all ten members of her family on it. <laughs> it is not only good, it is wonderful. That's a cursed family. First off, I've never heard anyone referred to as a prisoner of constipation. <laughs> well, how? I mean, have you ever had one really stretch your anus out? Oh, uh, yeah. And then you know Jordan, what it's like to ha- be how many, how many? What's like the uh, most amount of days between pooping, Jordan? Uh, I don't know, maybe like two. Okay. See, you got you're not a prisoner to constipation. Yeah. She could be this. She could be like weeks, yeah. weeks of not pooping. 
could be like firing yeah, out true. a real log. <laughs> well, she only poops once and it's like two foot long. Shit. Just a bowling ball <laughs> plopping out of there. <laughs> Even though Brinkley had so many people willing to testify for him, he seemed to be able to tell that this was a useless fight and offered to dispose of the medical question box program. He always boasted that he could... Think of three ways to get rich before breakfast. <laughs> Whoa! God, I love you, Brink. At first, they were happy he was willing to give up on the medical question box program, but they soon seemed to change their minds. On June 13, 1930, in a 3-2 to vote, they decided to pull his radio license altogether. It's ridiculous. Brinkley was furious. Yes. With his radio license appeal still pending... He was allowed to still broadcast, and he started attacking not only the AMA, but also President Hoover of Criminal Conspiracy. I like it. Go for the jugular. Get him. (laughs) He started accusing the AMA of paying off the Federal Radio Commission. He told his flock, If you people think that myself and my situation have been crucified and will tell your congressmen and senators, I may get my radio lessons back. Now, I shall discuss some of the beatitudes of Jesus as they came from his mouth on the Mount of Olives. Hell yeah! I love how it gets so serious and then he instantly goes to God stuff. Hey man, you don't fuck with the Holy Father. (laughs) That's what you do. You scare them that their person's going to be taken Mm. away. Brinkley's going to be taken away. And then put Jesus in there to Mm. smooth it all over. God's gonna be mad, like uh, like a like a like a troweling. What's it called? A what? What a are those trowling? things called? A finishing trowel. A finishing trowel for <laughs> concrete work. That's right. Jesus will be your finishing trowel. How did you know what that is? Or sorry, flat trowel. Hmm? How did Either you know one. what that is? What? A finishing trowel. Well, I used to work in a hardware store. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense then. Six weeks later, on July fifteenth, nineteen thirty. The Kansas Board of Medical Examiners met to consider revoking his medical license. When Brinkley arrived for the meeting, he came in style. He rolled up in his Cadillac, collared, buttoned, and bejeweled, diamond tie pin, diamond-studded tie clasp, diamond studs, and two diamond rings, one of which... Had a gem as big as a human eye. Oh, <laughs> I love this man even more, Is Cody. he dripping? Is this what oh, we call dripping? He's dripping. That's fleeking right there, <laughs> he's dude. Fleeking. He's fleeking all over the gaff. Listen, I would suck this man's dick if I saw him roll up. <laughs> Amy, yeah. don't listen to that part. Yeah. Brinkley had no idea what was going to be the outcome of this hearing. The medical board could be unpredictable. Take, for example, farmer Henry Dorn was facing the state medical board on charges of sorcery in Wisconsin. <laughs> Listen, we have a lot of warlocks and witches over there, man. Oh, no. I want to get charged with sorcery. Oh, I want to yeah. get charged with sorcery. <laughs> I can't get over that. I, what do you even talk What do you even talk about? I don't like, know. Like, wizard, pull out your fucking wand? What... Like what? Just say stop. You're not. You're no longer allowed to like prescribe things anymore. You don't need a whole hearing to say stop being a witch. All right, devil man. It's fucking stupid. Brinkley's hearing actually started off on an interesting foot when Brinkley's attorney and a local reporter were attempting to start a bit of fisticuffs. <laughs> How about me? Come on. Before they even I'll went strike the, you, fellow. Before they even went in the courtroom, they're trying to fight. Lawyers are pussies these days. They never try and no, tangle with a reporter. They're fighting reporters. Dude, the only uh, manly lawyer is the one that was going up against the gang, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, mm. yes. The, the hands guy? Who's the hand? Oh. His his uncle who's he's like super self conscious of his hands. Yeah, that's not the lawyer, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, the lawyer is the one lawyer. who Charlie challenged to a duel, so he pulled oh, a pistol yeah. out of his desk and was like, "All right, <laughs> when and where?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of Brinkley's mangled former patients in the audience waiting to testify against him, such as R.J. Hibbard and his wife, who testified that after receiving his goat gland operation and had returned home, he lay unconscious for three days. Normal. Or Charles Ziegenharth, 
Age 60. That is a hell of a last name. <laughs> is that a uh, Japanese name? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. I mean, I might almost go Taiwanese, but, nah. you know, it's up for debate. It's Zegan Harthu Charles Son. <laughs> Remember that. Okay. Because they, they say the names backwards. Okay. So he's age 60, who said that instead of stitching him up properly after a prostate operation, <laughs> Brinkley had plugged the bleeding wound with a piece of rubber boot, boot heel and then, and then just sent him on his way. What the fuck? Get after it, buddy. See you later. <laughs> How could you just be doing surgery and just like grab something right in your scene, just like put it in there? Oh, like, shit, this, this dude's bleeding a lot. Uh, give me something, anything, I don't care. He literally put a boot up his ass. <laughs> yeah, it's the go. American way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm just going to say these sound like uh, crisis actors to me. Serious. Ah, okay. These are they're, plants from the AMA. Dude, they're trying to take down our boy. Nobody would plug a hole with boot rubber. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> this like, is obvious it's fake news. at least 10th on my list of things to plug holes yeah, with. Yeah, yes. Okay. At least get, like, wet toilet paper and put it up there first. A piece of notebook paper. Yes, it'll, yes. it'll turn into something when it gets <laughs> slicky with blood. Or the brother of Coral Maddox testified and said, I smelled whiskey on his breath. <laughs> he opened a desk drawer, took out a revolver, and told me my sister would not come out of the hospital except over his dead body unless he was paid $100 more. <laughs> well, no, that just seems excessive. <laughs> it's just business. Another strong witness was Dr. R.R. Cave of Manhattan, Kansas, who... (laughs) They sure do love naming their towns after way better towns. Who had ventured to Brinkley's clinic a year before just simply out of curiosity. I just want to say right now, if you go by R.R., that's fake to me. Yeah, you're well, a you dickhead. Like, like the author, or no, oh, it's R.R. Martin, yeah, yeah. George R.R. Martin, thi- J.R.R. Tolkien. I was thinking of uh, um, who created Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I Same kept thinking. Thing. I kept thinking of her for some Same reason. Same thing. They I- all did it to ape fucking uh, J.R.R. anyway. Mm, okay. Dr. Cave explained how he had studied his four-stage compound oper- operation where he transplanted an artery and a nerve so as to increase the blood and nerve supply to certain organs to strengthen them and rejuvenate them. Hmm. How he shrank enlarged prostates by cutting off the blood supply. Hmm. But when Dr. K viewed the procedures for himself, he was surprised to find that no attempt was made to do any of these things. Hmm. <laughs> that the doctor just put little pellets inside the patient's scrotum and sewed them back up. Wow. They're goat pellets. Wow. That could be. They could be like wow. ceviche goat balls, I guess, and put in there. But no. There were certainly patients that were on Brinkley's side, such as Leonidas F. Richardson of York, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Leonidas, come on, dude. Who who raved about the miracles of goat glands. He's a huge 300 fan. (laughs) It had cured his diabetes, kidney, and prostate problems. A rejuvenated 68-year-old offered to jump over the table to prove how how the operation had rejuvenated him. Sir, that proves nothing to you. He's like, let me jump over the table, Judge. Sir, Sir, I feel like you may just want to jump over a table because you can at your age. Get this man a table to jump over. A few happy customers said they weren't sure if they had actually received the goat glands or not, but said... I shouldn't wonder, for I've been wanting to chew sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sir. Fucking kill me. (laughs) After intense questioning of Brinkley himself, he was adamant that his surgery was not dangerous. Mm. The prosecution pulled out a stack of documents they had collected. It was a stack of death certificates signed by Brinkley. That's a doctor's job. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Good point, Jordan. Yes, it is. 42 men, women, young and old, some who weren't even ill when they entered his clinic, had died by the hands or under his supervision, and at least six of them were in relation to the goat gland operation. Hmm. Now, the fucked up part was, in 1930, in the eyes of the law, Brinkley was not considered a murderer. 
They could, all they could do was pull his license. They couldn't even put him away for no. grievous bodily harm mm-hmm. or anything? Nope, not at all. In a last-ditch effort, Brinkley invited all of the board members to his hospital to witness the ongoings for themselves. They weren't impressed, and two days later, his license was finally revoked. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. Boo. He pays so much attention to detail. He and gives sure, back to the community. Well, he makes sure all his T's <laughs> is crossed and I's is dotted. And now he like you would make you would think that he would clean up his hospital real nice for the mm. AMA coming. Well, apparently the collection of Boot Hill prostate surgeries aren't that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Now, one would expect, after hearing all of this, the long winded story of Brinkley's life and downfall, he had lost his radio station, he had lost his medical license. What else could we possibly have to talk about with this man? Nothing. Wrap it up, print it, let's go. <laughs> But as we know, Brinkley may have been a bad person, but he is ambitious and a forward thinker. Three days after his license had been revoked, he released this statement. (laughs) Not that one. (laughs) Thousands of Kansans have written me, urging me to run for governor. (laughs) Judging from my mail, the people of Kansas seem to believe that I have been persecuted not prosecuted. <laughs> as long as I have a leg to stand on, I will fight. You heard that right. If Brinkley could win this election, he could perhaps get his radio station and medical license back. Oh my God. He also wanted to expose the racket that was going on with the American Medical Association. With the election a measly five weeks away, could Brinkley really pull off this impossible task? I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. Yep, and uh, that's where we're going to pick it up next week, guys. We're going to learn all about his uh, his race for governor of Kansas and right. um, some other crazy shit that he, of course, has to get involved with. Thank goodness I don't know anything about Kansas, so I don't know if he actually won this race or not. And I'm not going to look it up because I fucking I can't wait to find out. The uh, one thing I learned that we're not going to talk about next week is that apparently Kansas was like very wild westy around oh, this yeah. time. Like they're Ooh. very like I, I think okay, so they have prohibition right now, but apparently Kansas had outlawed alcohol like in 18 something, mm. so they were very like very. Uptight, I guess you'd say. So. Look up Bleeding Kansas when oh, you get a chance. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. shit's fucked up. <laughs> it's all what about, year is that? Uh, it's uh, right before the Civil War. Mm. Okay. It's all about whether or not Kansas was going to join the Union oh. or the Confederacy, be a slave state or not a slave state. Okay. And some uh, some Missouri folk had some stuff to say about that. Okay. Cool. It's fun. No, it's not. It's a fucking horror <laughs> show, but it was a good it's a cool story, it's maybe. It's good to learn about, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes, fun yes. to learn about. Yeah, apparently Kansas is pretty wild, so well, maybe not anymore. It seems like the most boring state ever, but Yeah. I mean, the city that's named after the state in Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is Kansas yeah. City, Kansas, but no one gives a shit about oh. that. Yeah, how does that work? How Kansas City, Missouri is cooler than Kansas City, Kansas. That's how it is, man. <laughs> they both smell like a fucking paper mill, though. Yeah, but mm. Kansas City, Missouri's got some damn good barbecue. Oh. I'm trying to think what I've been watching that has the paper mill in it. Fight Club? No. The no, Office? No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't remember. All right. Maybe it's the confession tapes. No. Well, if know. you know what Cody's been watching <laughs> that has a paper mill in it, you can email us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. All three of us have wonderful, beautiful, personalized Instagrams as well. Mine is at bumbleadam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. And Cody's is at Cody Zebub. Mm. Now, a couple orders of business. We received a nice precursor care package from Alaska mm, from right. our good friend Kaija. Right. What'd she send you? She sent us a couple jars of amazing, amazing <laughs> honey. And it was okay. so good. Okay. So good. Uh, she's also going to send us another taste of Alaska package at some point. So that's okay. going to be okay. a fucking a good time and a half. I'm very excited about that. What if she's going to send bear claws? Ooh. Apparently that's like the only part of the bear you eat, right? Is it feet? 
I mean, no, it's you, donuts. No, you can eat, like, everything about the bear. Well, I know, but I, I think, like, the delicacy part is, like, the claws. Like, you cook the meat, the claw meat. Ah, like a lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're making things up. It does sound made up. You, you sound like a real up. Brinkley right now, Cody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit rough, and I would like you to walk it back and apologize <laughs> to our... Well, if she wants to send a whole bear carcass, that's fine, too. I'll uh, take a bear rug. We also got a sick-ass email mm. from our good friend, Emerson Lindstrom, mm-hmm. and they... Um, Make some dope-ass artwork. That's what I was going to say. And they listen to us while they paint. Ooh, they paint sick-ass roses, and they uh, uh, and they paint them, and they love it. So And Young Buck. Mm. Young Buck. Young Buck. Mm-hmm. Who's Young Buck? I think... Uh, they are young. Oh, okay. I got you. I so see what you're saying. That's a lot of fun. I, I thought I didn't know we were uh, we were big in the high school community. You know I've, got, I mean? I've yeah. gotten a few emails from high schoolers, actually. Really? Like, yeah, no, Emerson is doing some really cool stuff for their uh, high school and whatnot. Keep it up. Keep it up and email us always, everyone. Mm. You're all rad. You're all fucking cool-ass <laughs> dudes. Uh, okay, next. And the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, it's the iTunes reviews. Uh, yeah, we've received, I believe, uh, one new five-star that's non-written, but uh, Sticklitz. Our boy Hugo Stieglitz. He he changed his to five-star like he said he was going to. Hell it, yeah. I forget what it said. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Uh. There you go, boys. Five stars. I burped the other day and it tasted good, Sticklitz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Burps never taste fucking good. Sushi burps. Uh, so? Sushi burps mm. taste terrible. Are you a joking kidding me right now? <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, give me some Mexican food or no. barbecue burps. That's then barf. we're all about Th- it. That's called barf. Sushi barf? burps taste like the wonderful fresh fish coming right mm. back up. Cooked by your stomach acid to perfection. <laughs> I, d- I guess I'll have to try to recall what a... I just feel bloated when I eat sushi. I just feel like it just... It's really rice. full. Yeah, I feel, I, I feel really like full. I just ate something healthy when I eat sushi. What are you eating when you when you feel like that from eating sushi? I don't know. I get spicy tuna rolls. It's so fresh. Mm, That's okay. the thing. It's it's fresh and refreshing and light. I eat volume. <laughs> I eat volume when it comes to sushi, so I'm not. I'm sure tough. the all-you-can-eat buffet gets very afraid when you walk through that door, don't they? <laughs> they don't like it. And they just have a sign that says, don't let him in here. <laughs> it's uh, What sucks about those things mm. is the, the wait time, where they make oh. you wait while they're preparing it. And I know it doesn't take that long. I'm, <laughs> there's four other people in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Make my fucking food a little quicker and bring it to me, please. Well, you you like, is that one off uh, 62? Is that all you can eat? You like that one? Oh, right by Teresa's? The Bistro one. Oh, no, it's not all you can eat. Mm. But it is so good. Haiku. Haiku yeah, yeah. Bistro. It's that good. place is so fucking good. Very and good. And Cody, please refer to that road by its proper God-given <laughs> name. Yes. 110? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not 62. Well, 62 I was like, it's I 110. I have no idea why they changed it. It's like the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. I don't and know. And now they well, call the... it Old 110, don't they? Yeah. Wait. Why? <laughs> just, just keep it 110. Yeah. Wait, they went from 110 to 62 to old 110? Well, no, it's 62 slash old 110. That's fucking garbage. Yeah, granted, 110 is like a three-mile-long road. Yeah. That's how we all know it from yes. here. Yes. Keep it yes. fucking 110. 62, 110 turns into 62. No, the beauty was that not a lot of people used it, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was like a kind of a secret route now it's just a nightmare that's how yeah. i feel about 55 right now mm, nobody's yeah. on that bitch ever rush oh, hour nothing oh you take that into minneapolis yeah. you well, are he, going he to have south. a bad yeah, story but that's like when it becomes hiawatha right yeah. is that what it is right. yeah yeah you can get to the airport the from worst time so the lights mm, but you have to take five 55 to 5. Yeah. yeah well, you're on 5 for like a second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good point. You go around the thing, you're in Richfield, and then the airport's right there. Mm. That's basically Our glorious airport that's better than everybody else's. I love it. I love Ooh. it. Terminal 1 and 2. You drive mm. right up. Pick mm. up, drop off, whatever. And I, if you need to park there, it's like 15 bucks a day, and it's a beautiful walk right to security. See, I've never <laughs> been to, like, inside Terminal 2. I, I don't know how it compares to Terminal 1 as far Small. as amenities. Yeah, yeah there's no Taco Bell. <laughs> is, is there a bar? Yeah, I mean, you can get a booze anywhere. Okay, good. 
All right, well, since, uh, the, you know, other stuff is uh, <laughs> happening, that is, uh, it's going to be a, a firm farewell from me. Mm. My name is Adam, and that's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And everybody, thank you so much, and have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Our airport room.